0: Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National and Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Sigourney Vandeveer, who is serving this year with Marshfield Clinic Health System Community Corps at the Girl Scouts of the Northwestern Great Lakes in Green Bay. So Sigourney, thanks for joining us today. It
1: is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Kyle.
0: Thank you for being with us. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing wonderful. I'm super eager to tell you about my AmeriCorps experience.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Sigourney, could you start off then by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service with Marshfield Clinic's CUNY Corps program this year?
1: Absolutely. So, my host site is with Girl Scouts of the Northwestern Great Lakes. They are spectacular, and I've had a lot of very wonderful and very interesting experiences. Lots of eye opening and learning opportunities, summer camp during the summer, obviously, and in school and after school programs during the school year alongside multiple community events on weekdays, weekends, it keeps me busy.
0: That's wonderful. It sounds like there's a ton of different activities you're doing. So what does your day to day service look like with the Girl Scouts?
1: So currently, we are in school sessions. So we go in for what we call our shine programs. And that is when we go into schools during recess time. Kids can either choose Recess or Girl Scouts. So it's always a huge honor when they choose Girl Scouts because Recess is a rare treat in schools. So we try to make our programs really engaging and exciting and interactive while also trying to teach life lessons and skills and mental health, STEM activities, etc. The whole shebang. So there's a lot of planning that goes into it. We prep our programs beforehand. Coming into the office, there's our desks surrounded by office bins just stuffed full of different program supplies and we select all of the supplies we need for a particular site, pack it all up and then tote everything over to the school where we put on our programs. So most recently I taught some kids how to make cute little origami dogs, just the very basics. That's a really good STEM activity for them. Really good for growing young brains and then we decorated them and they got to use their creativity and color the dogs any way they wanted to express their inner selves. And it was just cool to see. We also talked a little bit how folding paper is a good social emotional learning tool. Not in quite that language to the first and second graders, but let them know that if they're having a bad day, this is a good way to deal with it.
0: That sounds wonderful. And so you mentioned going into the schools and having some differentiation with the first and second graders. So What grades are you working with during the school based programming?
1: Oh, certainly. So we mostly work with K through fifth grade at the moment. We do also work with the older populations, but just not quite as frequently. Our highest engagement levels in Girl Scouts we find are kindergarten through fifth grade. So we really focus on our core group of interest and help with serving underserved populations. So we're going into schools with really high rates of free lunch and breakfast and going off of the area statistics of average incomes, that sort of thing, and making sure that we are serving the girls who most need our programming and most need supportive adults and mentorship. So that is the core group that we're working with. And there's a lot of diversity and it's really spectacular. There's a lot of just really wonderful kids around here.
0: That sounds great. And it's so good to be able to provide that support for folks and give them the programming that the really useful for them, and they may not be able to receive otherwise if you weren't doing it during the school day.
1: Yep, that's right. So we supplement a lot of lessons and programs, things that the schools might not have, or, or maybe just something that they want a lot more of, but we cater it differently to each school. So we communicate with our different school sites and ask them what sort of things they need to work on with their kids and what they'd like to see Girl Scouts bring to the table. So we really can mix and match around our curriculum depending on what our different sites might need from us. That's great.
0: And then how many schools roughly are you working with?
1: So I've got two that I'm the lead at throughout the week, and then there are multiples that I shadow. And along with those five schools, we also do staff-led troops. That's a new thing that we're starting up this year. And it's essentially each staff member gets paired with another cohort. And we work together to basically lead a Girl Scout troop. So the whole thing, badges, cookies, the full experience, they can sign up for camp and that sort of thing. So that's super exciting.
0: So is that program then different than the school-based
1: program? It is. So our school-based program, you can kind of think of as Girl Scouts light. They're getting... A little taste of what we have to offer, but they won't be, say, selling cookies or going to day camp or uh, overnight camp. They can't earn badges and stuff in the school program. So the school program is kind of a Girl Scout demo of sorts. And then if they really like what they experience in that demo, they can choose to sign on and become a fully registered Girl Scout with us. And we do offer the Girl Scout registration for free through our program. So they can sign up and then from there join a troop if they really like the in-school stuff.
0: That's wonderful. And so are the ones where you all are doing the troop-led portion of it, is that serving some of the same schools and communities where folks may not have someone of the to volunteer and serve as the leader or have the resources?
1: Absolutely. Yep. So the same schools that we are currently serving, we are also doing our staff-led troops in. So Again, those underserved communities, and we're offering financial aid and resources so that families who might not have access under traditional circumstances now do have access and can become a Girl Scout without all of the fees for uniforms, etc. So, those are things we can help with through that program, which is really exciting. That's wonderful. And so, right now, you're doing the school based program
0: and then the staff led troop program. Are there any other programs you're helping run or operate during the school year portion of the year?
1: Oh, yeah. There was one final program, our Community Connects program. So that's the after school portion where typically we're working with boys and girls clubs and YMCAs and other local youth organizations. And we will portion off usually like half an hour to an hour of time and just run program with kids. And we do all sorts of things from painting activities to team building activities, just keeping things interesting. Because again, they're giving up their valuable time to come hang out with us. So we want to make sure that while they're learning something, they're also having fun doing it. That's wonderful. And then during the school year, doing those programs. And then what does your service look like over the summer? Oh, summer. One of my most and least favorite times. I'm not a heat person. So working outside was an interesting selection on my part. But The summer camp experience is so much fun. There's a lot of camaraderie and just a huge show of resilience and growth from all of our kids and staff throughout that time. And it's always an experience because you have a bunch of adults and even more kids out in the summer heat with so many bugs that they may or may not have ever seen before. (laughs) And, you know, just learning how to adapt to all sorts of different circumstances using resources wisely, especially with, you know, not a huge budget. It really, it, it stretches you to all of your strengths. And it's great because it really builds that teamwork amongst your team and working off other people's strengths. So if you have someone who's good at starting the campfire, you get them over to your cookout. <laughs> and if you have someone who's a lifeguard, make sure they're with you on your squish hike so the kids can dip their toes in the water. So there's, there's all sorts of things like that. And of course, children outside in nature, they're a little extra wild.
0: Say I can understand with the daughter who's in Girl Scouts and being my son's den leader for Cub Scouts, I can understand that.
1: Oh yeah, and and it's it's just one of those things where you have to learn what kids respond to, and we do a lot of call and response, a lot of song, and especially the the younger's love and respond to any and all music. So if you hear uproarious off key singing, it's probably the Girl Scout camp next door, which by the by we had to implement some new policies with keeping off the neighbor's lawn because our day camp, at least the one that that I was working at, is positioned nestled right into a little residential area. It's really interesting. But we also have to work to make sure that the neighbors aren't getting people parking on their lawn or like alongside blocking their driveway. And so then
0: over the summer, were you located just one of the camps?
1: Yep. So I was serving at just the day camp in Krakana that we have. That one is just a teeny tiny little camp.
0: And so over this next summer, do you think you'll be at the camp you were at last summer or do you think you'll be at a different one?
1: You know, I don't know what our summer plans are yet, but I do know nine days of my summer are going to be spent chaperoning a trip to Europe, for which I am incredibly excited.
0: That sounds awesome. So could you tell me a little about that trip?
1: Yes. So they approached me last year after I had agreed to a second term because, frankly, the first one was so much fun that I couldn't say no. And they said, well, that's excellent because we need a chaperone to help guide a group of girls to Germany and Italy. So I've been on my Duolingo and language learning apps practicing my German and my Italian. Please don't ask me to speak any. It's dreadful. But yeah, I am so excited. I've never left the continent. So this is going to be an incredible experience. And big thanks to Girl Scouts and AmeriCorps for making that possible because it's been a lifelong dream to do that sort of travel.
0: That's incredible. So what is the programming the girls are doing overseas?
1: We have an entire itinerary. So day one, we fly overnight to Italy. Day two through four, we're going to be exploring Rome and all of the many sites therein, in. And then from there, heading to Florence, Verona, Tyrol, and from Tyrol to Munich. And it looks as though we'll be ending our trip in Munich and departing on day nine, finally, for home.
0: That sounds incredible. Enjoy that trip. That's going to be such a wonderful experience for the girls and for you as well.
1: I am so excited to see how they respond to everything. And as a humanities major, I've studied quite a bit of the Roman architecture and history. So I'm excited to impart some of that to them as well, especially in front of the actual historical sites. That's even more
0: exciting. It is. And I will say as a former history teacher, it's really incredible when you're at the sites that you have taught about and get to see them in person. And when it's not something in a book that you write about or not something online, but when you get to see it in person, it's it becomes incredible.
1: Yeah, just a new, tangible thing to really excite all the senses. And that's that's something we work on, too, is mindfulness with our girls and taking the time to feel everything and appreciate it and just basically how to slow down a little bit. Our society is built to go fast, 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 and it's good to remind our girls and staff, and we do frequently, to slow down and just take everything in and really appreciate it and feel gratitude for it. It's wonderful.
0: So that sounds like a pretty incredible summer experience. So we'll have the camp experience at one or more camps potentially, and then going overseas with the group, which will be incredible.
1: Yeah, that's going to be really something else. I've never been overseas, so it'll be new for me and probably a lot of the girls that are coming with us. So It'll be really cool to figure that out together and see what it looks like. I know I get to explore another camp this weekend. I am excited. We've got two weekend events that I'm helping out with. One in Wausau for a Hmong Halloween block party. And Sunday, I'm going to help train program aides at Camp Sacagawea. And our program aides are preteens and teens who are aspiring camp counselors. So just kind of getting that leadership experience and giving them a taste of what that's like. I'm excited to meet our future counselors.
0: And so are there a lot of different weekend activities that you're also doing with Girl Scouts?
1: Absolutely, we do all sorts of community events and typically those will fall on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And I've helped out with Hispanic Heritage Month events over at Titletown, that was really fun. We brought materials for kids to make worry dolls, and it was a popular station. I thought we would have some breathing room at some point to reorganize our supplies and make our table look tidy. That did not happen. So we learned for next time, A, bring a second table, and B, bring even more supplies, because they loved that. So it was cool to really see them interacting and having fun. There was a good mix of English and Spanish, so we all got to practice a little bit. That was good. It's great. Are you
0: directly supporting either the staff-led troops or the other troops on any just weekend camp things at any of the local camps?
1: So our staff-led troops are typically predetermined schedules. So I have every other Monday is our troop set meeting time, and other troops differ based on parent and staff availability. I know my cohort and I do every other Monday, and my cohort other leads the other troop. So she takes the alternative Mondays that I then support. So. I joke that we're essentially each other's secretaries. It's great to have that person you're working with as a collaborator and as someone to help you support and get things done. No, it's excellent. We also like to joke that we bounce a single brain cell back and forth. Big goblin energy. (laughs)
0: That's what happens when you're in an
1: office or on a team. That's the best part of it. You have to be like a little bit squirrely. If if you if you work with kids, you you have to be very patient and just a little bit goofy. Oh, yeah.
0: It makes it much more entertaining for them and for you to have that energy as well,
1: it really does. I mean, I feel like my star moment with AmeriCorps and Girl Scouts was getting to sing the beaver song on the Widener stage for Girl Scouts of distinction it was It was a silly thing, but also it was just it was fun because I got to engage the crowd and show them my very silly song that I learned when I was maybe eighteen or nineteen years old, so that was good. <laughs> it was a fun time that's awesome
0: and so Sigourney. Why did you first decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member with Community Corps, and what made you come back for an additional term this year?
1: It was actually an email from somebody I'd formerly worked with at Girl Scouts because I was a camp counselor back in 2019 some years prior to my AmeriCorps experience. And I had so much fun at camp that year. It filled my soul. It gave me so much energy and a more positive outlook and just, I don't know, all the good things. So I wanted to come back. I saw this email saying that there was an AmeriCorps position open serving with Girl Scouts. And I jumped on it, was interviewed promptly and landed the position. And I think, yeah, here we are today. It's been a really thrilling journey so far.
0: That's great. And then what made you decide to sign up and serve the second year?
1: I mean, again, Girl Scouts, I can't I, and I can't overstate this enough. It is it is joy it just bundled up in cookies and laughter and friendship bracelets. It's so good. It's if you're having a bad day, go to a Girl Scout event. You'll feel better. Support it in some way. Buy some cookies. It's well worth what the kids are getting out of it. And frankly, the adults get a lot of joy and a lot of growth and involvement out of it, too. Like seeing parents who might not know how to engage with their young kids sometimes in a way that's at their level and then coming to an event where they're really able to connect with their child. It's it's really cool to see them learn new ways to communicate with their kids and be that mentor that they need. And um, so I, it's like a developing and learning experience for all age ranges, honestly. That's wonderful.
0: And then Sigourney, what have been some of your favorite memories or some stories you could highlight from us about your service?
1: Oh man, I'd say there was a time at summer camp. There was this little girl who was having a really hard day. Everyone else had gone to bed and she was, I don't remember why, but she was being picked up by her parents for the night and she just seemed bummed out. So I sat down next to her. My speciality is origami. So I started folding little critters and characters for her and we just kind of started playing dolls with the origami. And I was doing goofy things like, oh, no, this this one smells bad. And then just, you know, just chasing Chasing around with paper dolls and until she, until she was laughing and engaged and was feeling a lot better. And it was just doing something really simple like that, folding some paper dolls and playing with a child. Seeing the impact that that had on her mental state instantly was, oh, it, it was eye opening. It was, it was cool to see what sort of impact I could make by doing something just very small. That's wonderful. And
0: sometimes those little interactions can have such a big lasting impact for somebody on the short term, and even on the long term.
1: And I can definitely see that too. And origami is my go-to trick. I will, if I see a kid having a bad day, I'm like, well, would you like a paper llama, perhaps a dragon? And the papers are bright, flashy colors and just, it's like a little little spark of sunshine. And then I can start explaining to them the intersectionality between math and art. And then that's when I lose them entirely. Because no child wants to hear about that. They just want the pretty dragon. Is there
0: a favorite one to do with
1: the kids as a whole? Let's see. It's funny because if I fold one thing in front of a group of children, the mob mentality kicks right in. <laughs> they all like, I want one, I want one, I want one. So, But then when I ask, do you want to learn how to make one? They all back off <laughs> really fast. And, no, 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 you can make them but it's fun to have the kids who are willing come by and really sit down and teach them how to make the design. Because once once they've made that first one, they're so proud of themselves. And usually there, there are kids in the crowd who doubt themselves. They're like, I can't do it. I don't know how to how to fold right. I can't match this up. And then they come around at the end of the lesson, they've made something by themselves with their own hands and they immediately want to make another one. And it's really cool to see that turnaround from them being, you know, heels dragging into the ground. I don't want to do it. I can't do it to that attitude switch of I want to make 10 more and all of my family members and all of my friends are going to get one.
0: So that's awesome. When you're teaching the girls those, or is there one you usually start off with?
1: Definitely. So we have cameras here. So I'm going to show you this is a tiny little doggy head and it's really simple. You just fold the paper corner to corner so you have a triangle, flip your ears down and create a little dog snout from the remaining triangle at the bottom and voila, you have a very simple, very easy to decorate doggy. That is the activity that I ran most recently with one of our elementary sites, first and second graders. And I do also like to remind people that the famous paper crane the bird that is often mistaken for a swan, at least in paper form, is actually something that they teach kindergartners how to fold in Japan. So I tell people, hey, if the five-year-olds in Japan can fold these, you have the power to fold these two. Just follow along, be patient with yourself and fight the frustration because once you break through, it is so satisfying and then it's in your gray matter. You've, you've made whole new lines and seeing people follow through and actually make it is always really cool. That's wonderful. And then I know we already talked a little bit about
0: the trip that's coming up this summer, but are there some other things you're looking forward to doing over the rest of your service this year?
1: Oh, man. I am really eager to pair up with a professor friend of mine from UWGB. We did a really cool program with our bilingual troupe last year. So UWGB has a Viking house or a replica of a Viking longhouse on campus. And they like to do what's called experimental archaeology there. And We will do outdoor Iron Age cooking classes, which is what we ran with our bilingual troop. So we did some Viking Age games and crafts and did some outdoor cooking, which also was a good way to teach them how to handle fire safety. And outdoor cooking in Girl Scouts is definitely a big facet of what we do, teaching wilderness survival skills alongside a lot of other skills for everyday life. But seeing them all interacting with the professor and the volunteers and getting that authentic Viking experience was really exciting. So I definitely want to lead that again, either with my bilingual troop, which it was really cool to hear that mix of language there, or, or with any other troops that would like the experience. Honestly, I'd be delighted to run it with anybody. That's
0: wonderful. And I can imagine that's such an interesting treat to go, instead of doing the traditional Girl Scout or outdoor cooking, but you're doing the actual Iron Age style as well. And it's slightly different than using some of the modern elements to help.
1: It is. And they have replicas of all of the implements and artifacts that would have been included in a Viking longhouse. So you go in, there are furs on the benches, and there are lamps made from tree bark and skins, and there are milling like a millstone and a, and a grinder, and our volunteers were showing the girls how to mill and grind their own flour, which was really neat. We used the store-bought flour just for health and safety reasons, but that mix of modern and ancient was such an interesting experience that, like I said, I would love to have again.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then Sigourney,
0: what plans do you have for after AmeriCorps term this year?
1: Honestly, I'm considering going on to do yet a third term. I'm having a lot of fun. There are so many opportunities for growth, really interesting people, conferences, and just a plethora of learning opportunities that I'd love to keep having. You don't get an education reward, unfortunately, for your third and fourth terms, but I'm really honestly considering doing four full terms straight in a row because public service, to my experience so far, has just been really fulfilling and satisfying.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you for your service so
1: far. And then if that's option you choose, thank you for doing it. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for talking to me about this, by the way. This is stuff that's really near and dear to my heart. So I hope other people will hear this and want to get involved in some way, not even necessarily with Girl Scouts, but just something in their community where they can reach out and make their neighbors feel more at home. That's wonderful.
0: Well, Sigourney, thank you so much for your service this year and last year with Marshall Clinic's CUNY Corps and just want to thank you for everything you're doing.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kyle. It's been a pleasure both serving and speaking with you. So thank you for everything and I hope you guys all go out there and do some service of your own.
0: Thank you again and good luck with the rest of the term and enjoy all the fun experiences you're going to have this summer with the girls.
1: Oh, you know I'm going to,
0: absolutely. And thank you again to Sigourney for sharing about her AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic's Community Corps at the Girl Scouts of the Northwestern Great Lakes and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast, produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S and S file stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S Files.